When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, what's the best division in the NFL? Well, I mean, you have to say the AFC East, right, considering that every team has a winning record. And believe it or not, right now, that if the season was over today, do you realize all four teams in the AFC East would all be in the playoffs? That's pretty cool. All four of the teams. Obviously, that's never happened before because the NFL only went to the three wild card system just last year, and it didn't happen in any division last year. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen either. You know, the coach was kind of alluding to it a little bit, only because they're going to have to play each other down the stretch. You know, and they're all going to kind of beat each other up still. I mean, the Jets still have to play um, each of the division teams all on the road, believe it or not. They've gotten them all at home already. Now they have to go to Miami at the end of the season, go to New England this week. They've got to go to Buffalo still in December. There's a lot of division games to be had. Buffalo still has four more division games to play, and they haven't won a division game yet. They lost to Miami, and they lost to the Jets. So I, I just think that they're going to continue to beat each other up, and that's why I, I, if you're asking me right now, do I think all four making the playoffs? I would say no. There's going to be a little bit more sanity to the process as we move forward here uh, over the last seven, eight weeks of the season. Let's go back to the phones here real quick. 800-919-3776. Iron Staten Island. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, good evening. How are you? Hey, good evening, Dan. How are you? And uh, an exciting week. Uh, matter of fact, uh, hopefully exciting uh, seven, eight weeks coming up, hopefully. Yep. But like you take one at a time, like you just said, but as a fan, you know, you could look ahead, you know, like the coaches and the players. And I do agree with you. I think if the Jets take care of the Pats, and I think they will be done this week. And if they could take care of the Bears, I think that Viking game does get flexed to a late evening game. Because I don't see them flexing the Bills yet game because the week after that, the Bills have the Dolphins up there. And I think that game would probably get flexed. I think the Bills are playing a Thursday night game the week before the Jets. So, um, I, I just think the Viking game makes more sense. But, you know, it, it's really weird how this whole thing has played out. Um, let's, say, let's say we don't win the division. I'm not disregarding mm-hmm. the Bills. Let's, let's say the Dolphins end up winning this division. Mm-hmm. It, depending how the math shakes up, if we get in, we may be able to just stay down at South Beach right after week 18 and just stay there for the week and then play the wild card down there. And selfishly, that would be that would be a, that would be a very nice vacation having a week down in Florida and two jet games. That that would be very nice. Well, isn't it amazing, Ira? Isn't it amazing that we're sitting here in the middle of November and actually having a conversation about plotting out potential playoff destinations? <laughs> it's not even so much the fact that you're hoping to make the playoffs. Now it's okay. Well, if I have a preference, this is what I want it to be. I mean, that's how unbelievable this story has been here the first nine weeks of the season. It's it's insanity. I was hoping they'd get seven or eight wins and be relevant at Thanksgiving time. Well, they far exceeded that. And and you know, yesterday, Dan, I was watching with my wife the Bill Viking game, mm-hmm. 
that's the first time that I got excited about a non-jet football game in the last take away 2015 in the last 10 years because the Jets have been so irrelevant. I didn't really care who won or lost because it really had no effect except the draft order for the Jets. Exactly. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden the stakes are higher, and it was a lot of fun watching the Bills lose to the Vikings yesterday. In the past, it was okay. I'm going to watch this game because it's a good game. There's two good teams, but not thinking it has any bearing whatsoever on the Jets. No, now you're watching that game yesterday, like you said. And apart from the fact that it was one of the more exciting ones you're ever going to see, you're honestly rooting for Minnesota because you're like, wait, a Buffalo loss actually helps the Jets in the standings in their pursuit to get to the playoffs. Ira, it's been a long time, a long time since you could look at football that way, the way you've been able to so far this season. Oh, it's been great. And I just want to get your opinion real quick on this. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that Davis non-call on that pass that he really didn't catch? Oh, it's I, a joke. I thought that was such a horrible. It, it, it's a joke. And, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. I appreciate it as always. And I was referring to the Gabriel Davis catch slash non-catch on the sidelines, with the, which the officiating crew 1,000% botched. 1,000%. So much so. And that was on the final drive in regulation where Buffalo drove the ball down the field to ultimately kick the game-tying field goal to send the game to overtime. And look, you don't complain about it too much because the right team still won the game in Minnesota. It's not like Buffalo, you know, parlayed that into then winning the game a little bit later on. They still lost the game. And we don't even know if that play was ruled correctly like it should have been, an incomplete pass. We don't know if Buffalo gets into position to even kick that field goal and to force overtime. But you had the official after the game talk to a pool reporter and admit that, yeah, something got lost in the chain of command at that point to where what should have happened was the booth upstairs, because it was inside of two minutes, should have buzzed down to the officials and said, whoa, 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 stop the game. We need to take a look at this one again. That never happened. And because it never happened, Buffalo rushed the line, they got the next playoff fast, and then they just carried on their merry way. But I just don't know for the life of me how you didn't stop that, even if you were one of the -the on-the-field officials. Given the magnitude of the game, where it was at, how big that play was in particular, that you have to at least make sure you get the call right. And that is my crux with replay in all sports. You know, I know that it kind of zaps the flow from these games. And it kind of just drags them out a little bit. If you want to use the aid of technology and you want to use replay and do all these other things, fantastic. But the main purpose and the main reason behind instant replay should be first, second, and third, most importantly, and nothing else, get the darn call correct. And it failed them in that situation. Because otherwise, what are we using it for? And what do we have it at our disposal for? If you're not using it at a time where... I think anybody watching the game would realize, yeah, I think that it validates it. Richard in Manhattan up next, 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Richard. Dan, respectfully, I have to correct you. The AFC East, mm-hmm. their combined record is 24-13. and 13. Miami, Jets, Buffalo, and New England. The NFC East, those four teams combined to 25-10. and 10. So they're two games better than the AFC. Now, AFC East differ- is a better division, Richard. Right. Well, point differential, they are better. But record-wise, the NFC East is better. Richard, right. let me ask you a question. Yeah. What team yeah. – okay, Washington is the worst team in the right. NFC East. Yeah, I know right. you're a little stickler for these things. Is Washington better than any of the four teams in no. the AFC East? No, of course So that, there no. you go. That, then that's right. it. We're done. Okay. All right. Yep. Now, as far as before the season started, 
the Giants, I think, were 29 out of 32, and the Jets were 31 out of 32. Yes. Okay. But you know what people don't keep in mind? The following year after a terrible year, and they were both terrible. They were both unwatchable last year. They get a break because of the schedule. Now, I'm not saying they're good this year because of their schedule, but let's face it, they get a better schedule, an easier schedule, so they have an opportunity to have a better record, and they're doing it, so that's great for them. But, you know, nobody realizes this. Last year, this year, oh, the Jets and Giants are going to be terrible. But we never take into effect, uh, into account that both will have easier schedules. So they will be playing loudly. Mm, Richard, you know what? That used to be the case more so in the past, and I thank you for the phone call because here's why. I could sit here right now. I'm not going to do it because nobody wants to hear it. I could sit here and tell you the Jets and Giants opponents in 2024, 2025, because it's a formula. The league follows a formula. So, like, you already know three years from now what division in the other conference the Jets are going to play. You know what division in the other conference the Giants are going to play. You know what division in their own conference that each team is going to play a couple of years down the road. The only way the clubs benefit from the so-called, like you said, you're playing worse teams because you were bad, that only factors into maybe like two games on your schedule. Like, all right, if you finish in third place, you're going to play the team that finished in third place in the AFC South if you're the Jets. Or you might play the third place team in the AFC West. But you know what? My third place team may not be the same as your third place team. Like, look at the AFCs, for example. The third place team in the AFC East, if the season was over today, is the Buffalo Bills. That's a team that is a Super Bowl caliber team versus go to the NFC South's third place team. They're the crummy 3-7 and seven Carolina Panthers. You know what I mean? So... That stuff really does not apply. It's very random. It's by a formula. So you can't just chalk it up as to, like, they were bad and they play an easy schedule. It doesn't work that way anymore. One time or another, it did. It doesn't necessarily do that now, apart from maybe one or two games. And besides, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that because the Jets have been terrible for the last five, six years. So we could have had that same argument in each of those seasons, like, oh, well, you know what? The Jets are playing an easy schedule. Well, you know what? They still didn't win the games that they were supposedly supposed to be playing the easy ones. And the same thing goes for the Giants. They're just better teams. Giants are extremely better coached than they've been in the last few years. And the Jets, yes, they've been coached well, but on paper, their talent is substantially better than it's been for the last several years. Add all those things up, and that's why you're seeing them win football games here in 2022. All right, when we come back, Ira talked about it. I'm sure everybody else talked about it. The water coolers today. Got to get into some of these games from Week 10 of the National Football League, and we will start with that crazy one up in Orchard Park with the Vikings and the Bills. And you're a Jet fan, you're happy about the result. Dan Grass's show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. That was the great Joe Davis on Fox yesterday afternoon. Two of countless, countless moments that contributed to that one being an instant classic in the National Football League as we welcome you back in here to the program. Dan Grasso with you on an overreaction Monday at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We could kill the music, guys. We don't need the music for the whole bit there. We added a little flavor, of course, coming back from break, but uh, always love that NFL music. But what more can I ask from a game? And look, I apologize to people who were maybe Cowboy fans, Packer fans in the New York tri-state area because that was the late game on Fox that you were waiting for to start, and then you got Bill's Vikings, which ended up being a four-hour contest, and they couldn't go to the Cowboy-Packer game until Bill's Vikings was over with. So by the time they got to Green Bay, there was already only like a minute or two uh, two minutes left in the first quarter. They didn't miss anything because it was scoreless, but still, you missed like almost the entire first quarter because that one just didn't want to end yesterday. And what can you say with the Vikings pulling that one out? I mean, 8-1, and one, look, they're legit. You know, and Minnesota's always been one of these teams to me that I have my doubts about them. I'm still not the biggest Kirk Cousins guy, regardless. Funny enough, the worst game he played this year was a primetime game in Philadelphia on the Monday night, the game that the Vikings lost. So, you know what, when the Jets play him, maybe you hope that that does get flexed to primetime because maybe then Vikings, Cousins don't play a good game. Maybe that's advantage. You like that? There you, you like go. That? He was, and you know what? He has a right to flaunt over the last couple of weeks. He really and truly does. You heard the Justin Jefferson catch on the 4th and 18. Given the degree of difficulty of the catch itself, given the magnitude of the catch on a 4th and 18, does Minnesota even win that game if he doesn't make that play? I don't think they do, but just an incredible, incredible, one of many great plays that Jefferson made on the afternoon. I mean, he is money in every true sense when you're talking about a pass catcher. How about Patrick Peterson, the graybeard, with a couple of big INTs in that game, including the game clincher yesterday. Um, Just all the things. Again, I'm still talking about it. I can't believe that they unfolded the way that they did. You get the fourth and goal play at the goal line. First, they thought you were in the end zone. Then they looked at it again and said, nope, wasn't in. Okay, we'll take our stab again. Fourth and goal, couldn't get it in. Then Buffalo takes it, backed up in their own goal line. Then they fumble the football, which is something you never see. Minnesota recovers it for a touchdown, as you heard there. Then Buffalo marches down the field, gets the field goal to force overtime. Incredible. And Minnesota still, still, still finds a way to win that football game when it's all said and done. Rallying from 17 down in the third quarter of that football game against the team that lost the week before, great home field advantage, that's a good win. I mean, that's as good a win as you could possibly bargain for. Now, as far as Buffalo is concerned, you're a third-place football team now in your division. And Josh Allen's turnovers are a little bit of a problem, boys and girls, right? If, I mean, if we're just speaking truthfully. Josh Allen needs to start protecting the football better. I know he's an incredible talent. I know he basically is the Buffalo Bills offense in a nutshell. 
right? Everything they do is because of Josh Allen. But you know what? He's got to start protecting the ball. You know, we sit here and harp on all the mistakes that a Zach Wilson makes and interceptions and turnovers. You know what? Guess who's thrown more interceptions than Josh Allen this year? You know how many quarterbacks? You know how many? None. None. Zero. Okay, Josh Allen's thrown more picks than any QB in the NFL, and they're ill-timed over the last couple of weeks. And just dumb throws. Throws that you just can't get away with making. I mean, you saw it in the Jet game last week. Red zone turnovers. You can't do that. And we all thought that Josh Allen was past this. I I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but maybe, just maybe, do we think? And I know he's having a great year. But the mistakes that he's making are uncharacteristic to what we saw from the guy last year and maybe even the year before. But are we at the point yet where we say that maybe Josh Allen misses the tutelage of, what was his name, Brian Dayball? Right? Maybe? Like, he could still benefit from having that guy in his ear when he gets to the sidelines during the week in practice, breaking down film? What about that? And, I mean, I don't know really where things stood with his elbow. It was this big secret all week, and I don't know what they were trying to do. Every time the media was, like, allowed in practice, like in Josh Allen's spot of the cameras, he, like, picked up his gear and, like, ran off the practice field into the locker room. Did you see that? Like, they were playing it very, very coy all week long. But he went out there and he played. He started. You know, look, still could have won the game, but he made a couple of mistakes that you cannot make, even the fumble to a certain degree in the end zone. That's on the quarterback. Receive the ball, center quarterback exchange. I mean, that's like basic third-grade football stuff. You got to do it. And so the Bills who woke up yesterday as the one seed in the AFC, now they drop all the way down to the sixth seed because of one loss and a couple of other results around the National Football League. That's why this league is crazy, absolutely crazy. Now, again, we talked about it in the last segment when I recalled and brought it up. That Gabriel Davis catch was not a catch. It wasn't a catch, and the fact that replay was not implemented for that sequence is horrendous. You know, the NFL, which is a multi, 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 you know, 10, 11 times over billion-dollar enterprise, how in the hell are these glaring mistakes still happening, right? Otherwise, what do we have replay for? What's the point of spending all that money to have all these cameras, all these angles, all the technology if we can't get it right? And how about this? There was another call, not reviewed by replay, but there was another one that they missed yesterday too. And I didn't even realize this until today because they went back and they confirmed it. That drive where Minnesota was down near the goal line, which ultimately resulted in them getting stuffed at the goal line. On the second down play, where they handed the ball to Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook got swallowed up by like three, four Bills defenders behind the line of scrimmage, and he lost like, I think it was three or four yards, which backed him up a little bit more. Do you realize on that play, Buffalo had 12 guys on the field? So they were playing with an extra man. I would hope that they would have the upper hand and make the play that they did by hitting the guy for a loss. But the refs didn't see it. Nobody saw it. And it wasn't until today where the league confirmed, oh, yeah, we screwed up. Yep, there were 12 guys. Should have been a too many men on the field penalty on the Buffalo Bills. So think about that. Two horrendous calls late in the fourth quarter of that game, which should have been the other way 
benefited the Buffalo Bills, and they still didn't win the football game. Justice served at least, right? Justice served. At least the right team won the football game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know what? That was as good a football game as really you could ask for for a regular season game. It's not a playoff game. You know, so like when you're talking about like best of all, t- it's not. It's going to lose the argument to a lot of playoff games, Super Bowls, because you lose, you're done. Like, you know, Buffalo season didn't end yesterday. Right? They still have how many more games? Eight more games. And maybe more with the playoffs. That one will be a footnote when it's all said and done if you could still accomplish what you set out to accomplish. So, you know, people were tweeting me or whatever. Say, oh, it's the best game ever. Uh, not, you know. I can think of uh, Super Bowl 25 with the Bills and the Giants was, to me, a better game than yesterday. Just because it was for the title. The end-all, be-all. Not to mention there were no turnovers in that game clean game, came down literally to the last play. Like, what more can he ask for? And there were a lot of others there as well. Muhammad in Long Island, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Muhammad, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. I called. How are you, by the way? I, uh, I called. It was maybe like five weeks ago. You was like, where are my white fans at now? And I called, and I think my call got dropped. So I called the next night, and you were filling in for someone on a different show, so you weren't there. But I'm calling now because I'm hearing you, Mr. I'm saying I was one of the Mike White guys, and I couldn't wait, wait to talk to you that day. Mm. So now since then, I'm feeling really encouraged and great about uh, Zach Wilson and the direction he's headed in as far as being careful with the football, not turning it over, and these, like you just said about Josh Allen, the ill-time turnover. So I, mm. I, 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 I've, I'm coming around a little more to Zach Wilson, and I'm liking the, uh, the growth I'm seeing from him over the last three or four weeks or so. So I just wanted to reach out to you and say that I'm still I was I was I'm not even currently I I was one of those Mike White guys but mm-hmm. I'm coming around more and more to our quarterback Scott Wilson because of what I'm seeing as far as his growth still not blowing anybody away with the throws or the his play but not being the reason that we lose games because we know this defense is dynamite so I just was calling to say I'm coming around to our quarterback now still have a few questions but I'm coming around and Muhammad you know what that's fair. Seriously, that, that, that's 100% fair, the way you put it. And I thank you for the phone call, and I'm glad that you got through. Because, look, I talked about the Giants at the beginning of the show. The formula that they feel is necessary for them to win games. Is it any different with the Jets? Is it? I think that we've seen already. Like, we're not at that point yet with the quarterback and with the offense to where you want him going out there throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Saw that against the Patriots. A couple of weeks ago. Had that work out? I know he threw for a lot of yards and everything, but he also threw critical interceptions, which helped contribute to them losing that football game. They play great defense. They run the football. Quarterback makes some plays here and there, but more importantly, the quarterback must protect the football. That's the Jets' formula to winning games, right? That's the Jets' formula. And there's nothing wrong with that right now. Now, next year... If we're going to sit here and have a conversation about, okay, what can the Jets do this year? What are the expectations? You Hopefully you get some of these injured bodies back like Brees Hall, Elijah Vera Tucker, maybe even bring in more talent for next year. Because remember, 2023 is like when you're mapping it out and they map this thing out in Florham Park, Joe Douglas and his staff about rebuilding the team. 2023 was the one that they had circled really big on the wall. Like that was the year. 
You know, this is kind of like whatever you're getting this year, it's gravy. It's like bonus. But 2023 was the one that they envisioned as being, okay, that's our year to really make a run. So when we get to this point next year, the quarterback is going to be in his third year. You would hope that maybe he is advanced enough and he's progressed enough to where, all right, you give him a little bit more slack. And you say, go out there and win us a game. Not necessarily just having to rely on the run. It's, okay, you go out there, make the throws, and lead us to victory. Because after all, you're the number two pick in the draft. Right? And that's what he still is. Coaching staff talks about it all the time. You heard Robert Salas say it. Like, at one point or another, he's going to have to show and prove that he is worthy of that number two pick. Which, you know what? That day will come at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this year. But at some point, you hope indeed that, yeah, Jets were validated in making that selection. But if you're going to say he's going to protect the ball the rest of the way and the team's going to play like they did defensively in the first half of the season and you mix in that run game, Jets can make some noise. Can make some noise because those things travel well when you're talking about the playoffs. Defense, run game. It's not all that different than what they did during those two championship runs with Rex when you had a young quarterback in Mark Sanchez. Defense, run the football. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Yesterday out in Vegas, all eyes were on that Colts-Raiders game. At least mine were. I couldn't wait to watch it. On Friday, I said it's going to be like the car wreck you see on the side of the road. And you keep circling the block. Even though you maybe shouldn't watch because, like, a bad thing happened, you just can't help but look away from it. That's what I thought the Colts-Raiders game was going to be. But it was so much more than that. And the outcome was so much more than I or probably even a lot of people in this world thought was ever possible. We'll get into that when we return. It's Dan Gross until 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Monday Night Football underway. A couple of NFC's foes. You got the Eagles trying to remain perfect, taking on the Commanders. 7-7 ball game so far in the first quarter. So a little competitive, but still got a lot of football left to be played. Not going to sweat this one out too much yet. So, I couldn't wait for 4 o'clock to get here yesterday, really. Like, that Colts-Raiders game to me, I couldn't wait to watch it. Just because, like you, I, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, the Colts took a guy who was working in television for ESPN a week ago this time. And probably didn't think in a million years that he would be coaching An NFL game, not like an assistant coach, a quality control coach, assistant to the assistant to the assistant. No, 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 no. The head coach, the one who makes the decisions, the one that everybody looks to for guidance and leadership. He was that guy. You know how many times over the last four or five years that we had Jeff Saturday on the Jets pregame show, Buttle and I, when we do our Around the League segment? Countless times. And not one time 
when we had him on, did I ever think to myself, you know what, I am talking to somebody who's going to be an NFL head coach one day. He is a coach in the making. Not to say that he couldn't do it, but he had never really expressed any interest in being an NFL head coach, and nor did I think that it was going to be something that was even possible. So the thought never dawned on me. And here I am yesterday watching this guy leading a team onto the field, and I don't know if it was right place, right time, right place, right opponent, the stars aligning, the football gods coming together, whatever you want to call it. But for one day and for one afternoon, everything lined up perfectly because not only did the Colts not embarrass themselves yesterday, which, let's be honest, you know, I thought might happen. They won a game. They won the damn game. Jeff Saturday. Perfect winning percent. Do you know that there is not a head coach, and there have been some great ones in the history of this league, right? This league, which is over 100 years old, there have been some great coaches. There is not one of them that has a better winning percentage as a head coach than Jeff Saturday does. How about that? What a hunk. Think about that. Not one. He is unblemished. And maybe the biggest surprise, forget about the outcome, we'll get to that in a second. How about the guy who ran onto the field as a starting quarterback for the Colts yesterday? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, the Colts literally pronounced him dead a few weeks ago. I said, oh my, I thought I was looking at Lazarus running onto the field in a Colts helmet. I said, it's Matt Ryan, he's back. We had no indication that he was going to be playing. None. So Jeff Saturday with a few tricks up his sleeve. I couldn't believe it. And you know what? Matt Ryan played good. How about Jonathan Taylor? They unleashed Jonathan Taylor in that football game. Remember Jonathan Taylor? Remember him? He was the guy who was like everybody's first pick in fantasy before the season started. But Jonathan Taylor really hasn't kind of had the Jonathan Taylor year that we all thought he was going to have. He's basically been an afterthought for Indianapolis this year. I mean, like, we just didn't hear from him much. He hadn't scored a touchdown since September before yesterday. And think about it. Matt Ryan's the quarterback. Jonathan Taylor is making plays in the running game. Jeff Saturday is the freaking head coach. I mean, who had all of those things on your bingo card? Forget about it at the beginning of the season. Just a week ago. Oh, that Jim Irsay is a genius. A genius, is he not? Everybody laughed. Everybody said that he has no idea what he's doing. Called him a crazy old fool. I may have been one of them. Maybe not directly with those terms, but wondering what the hell he was doing. And the joke's on us. The joke's on us. How about those Indianapolis Colts? Maybe he did have the pulse of his team. And knew exactly what move needed to be made. Well, you know what? It worked one afternoon. Here was the winning head coach, Jeff Saturday, in the locker room after the game yesterday. Been a hell of a week, man. Been a, been a tough one on all of you. Can't tell you how proud I am of each and every one of you. Coaches, players, staff, everybody stepped up. All three phases, man. Things we talked about. Offense, ran it for over 200. Threw it for over 200. Defense, shut 28 down, 77 yards rushing. Had to make a play on 17 at the end. What we do? Make a play at the end. Make a play at the end, man. Hey, hey, make a play at the end, man. Who 
goes hardest the longest, man? That's how this game is decided. The most physical football team won today. And he's an old lineman. You know? That's like right of one of his core values. Physical football. Games won and lost in the trenches. He wants to get back to that. And he got it yesterday. Now, that's the feel-good part of this. There's always some give and take in these situations. So you could be happy and you could celebrate the Colts win, but you know something? I, it's almost more of an indictment on the Raiders and what they become as a franchise. And not to say that I'm shedding any tears, and I'm sure a lot of you aren't either, but I think it almost speaks volumes just about how low they have sunk and what they have kind of devolved into. Let's start with the genius, Josh McDaniels, the head coach. Josh McDaniels, by the way, in case you need reminding, same guy who once upon a time a few years ago agreed to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts, only to wake up the next morning and have second thoughts and said, you know what, I, maybe not. I'm going to go back to New England and, and, and keep my cushy offensive coordinator job where I get to call plays for Tom Brady and have Bill Belichick there to clean up my spilled milk. You think that was extra sweet for the Colts yesterday? And Jim Irsay winning that game and beating Josh McDaniels and continuing to have his team just absolutely sink to the depths of the bottom of the ocean, right? Here's Josh McDaniels as a head coach, by the way. Remember once upon a time all those years ago when he took over the Broncos, he started 6-0? and You know what Josh McDaniels' record is as a head coach since that 6-0 and start? 7-24. and This year they're 2-7, and which is the second-worst record in the NFL. They're tied for the most losses with the team that was at the Meadowlands yesterday in the Houston Texans. It's amazing how much more difficult this football coaching thing is when you don't have Tom Brady as your quarterback and you don't have Bill Belichick there to oversee everything you're doing. Isn't it funny how that works out? And if you want to feel a little bit better about the team that you root for today, it doesn't even have to be the Jets or the Giants. It could be anybody. They can even be the freaking Houston Texans, because if it's the Houston Texans, at least you got an excuse, right, that you're still, like, rebuilding. Raiders were supposed to win this year. Remember they traded for Devontae Adams and they reunited the Fresno State connection with him and Derek Carr, and you thought that, oh, this team is going to be amazing. AFC West, oh, it's a powerhouse. Guess again. This isn't Nintendo. This is NFL. And then you got Mark Davis, the owner. Today comes out and says that he thinks that Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. <laughs> oh, please. I mean, look, I understand that we have not exactly been the epitome and the example for winning football in this town for the last I don't know how many years. I get that. But you know what? Now we're allowed to laugh and point fingers at the rest of the league. Right? Now we can sit there and go, ha, ha. We can do that. Because our teams are winning. And how many times have the Raiders beat up the Jets over the years, right? Now you can point at them and laugh. It's okay. On a serious note, I do actually feel bad for Derek Carr. I do. Because I don't think he's a horrible quarterback. I think he's in the right situation, probably top 12. That's fair. So he's like kind of borderline like a top third quarterback in the NFL. And you could tell that he wants it. And he could tell that he really will do anything to try to bring his team home a winner and finally got his team to the playoffs again last year, right? 
he has had some good moments in this league. If you're a big statistical guy, like he threw for a lot of yards, right, puts up the numbers, but this year it's just not working out. And you thought that it was going to be a happy marriage between McDaniels, who was the offensive genius, Derek Carr, good quarterback, and now he has his old buddy from college in Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams is figuring out, you know what, geez, boy, not having Aaron Rodgers and playing in Green Bay, maybe I'm not as productive as I thought I was going to be. Ain't it funny how that all happens? But, like I said, on a serious nature, some guys wear the emotions on their sleeve. Derek Carr did yesterday. Listen to him. This was after the Raiders' latest debacle. I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. They've had nothing but success. Way more success than I've ever had. Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off, if I'm being honest. That last line is telling. I wish everybody in that room felt the same way. So he's basically coming out and saying in as many words as he can that not every guy in that room is pulling the oar in the same direction, right? And that maybe some things need to change there. Look, I don't think that I'm telling tales out of school here. Sounds to me like maybe Derek Carr and the Raiders could both benefit from a fresh start because the way the Raiders are going this year, you know that they're going to have an extremely high pick here, and they might be looking for a new quarterback in the draft just to maybe reset the clock. Carr's got that contract that they signed him to. I get it. We'll see if it's movable. Remember, Matt Ryan's contract was traded. We've seen other quarterbacks with a lot of money getting traded too. And I think the car could maybe use for, could benefit from a change of scenery. But that organization right now is a complete and total disgrace. Complete and total disgrace. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. We'll finish our Around the League when we come back. And then we'll get into some Knicks to start the next hour and talk about Bing tough times. Yeah, exactly. Dan Grasso Show till 10 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 